Talking about what's new with Los Angeles Clippers There's always so much to discuss Let's jump right in It's LA Clips Forum LA Clippers It's LA Clips Forum With Jesse and Brian Welcome to the LA Clips Forum My name is Brian Andrew Jesse has a lot more important stuff going on in the world So I brought in You might have seen these guys on our Twitter spaces. You might have seen these guys on the podcast. Well, you probably didn't see them on the podcast because it's an audio format, but you've heard these people on the podcast. Introducing first, Trent. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Brian. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm getting over. Actually, I'm pretty much over COVID at this point, but. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in the list of seven people who haven't had it yet. Oh, do you know the other six? They're probably just your family, right? Yeah, it's just my family. <laughs> uh, Jake, how are you doing? Good man, just got over COVID. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Literally tested negative like earlier in the week. So I'm here. I'm happy to be here. And let's get it. Yes, sir. It's it's not. I'm not gonna lie. So so the camera is not on Jake right now. So I legit thought he left the room during the intros, and I was like, I'm just gonna (laughs) say Jake and hope he's there. Yeah, you went on on a on a fade oh, that, there. I'm on the I'm on the late la- like lazy boy chair <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, Jake looks like he owns like an X chair. I don't know if you've seen those commercials. Where I like, wish, oh. <laughs> I wish. So let's get started. So something strange happened this week for the Clippers. Instead of giving what we all thought was the center of the future. If you looked at it as per 36, Isaiah Harnstein, the minimum, we decided to give it to Wall. You mean the, the taxpayers, taxpayers mid-level? Yes. We, we Le- decided leaving us with only the minimum to offer. Yeah, okay. The little amount of money we had, we gave it to John Wall. Yeah. We allowed the center of the future to walk to new york that's a very long walk (laughs) then we were able to pull off though signing amir coffee to 11 million dollar deal over three years crazy value crazy value using my windy impression here what is going on In Los Angeles. <laughs> Why would Los Angeles make this move? Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've heard a lot of theories about why Hartenstein wasn't offered the MLE. One of the main ones, the one that I'm deciding I'm going to go, the one that makes me feel comfortable so that I could sleep at night because I think that this guy's unique skill set is only going to grow and he is a starting center not very far into the future, maybe a year or two away, and a very, very, very high-end one, is that he had offers on the table that were beyond the MLE. Right. And he let the team know that up front, and they said, you know, you should take that money and try and improve your opportunities. And I think that's why he said to, he went to New York and we used the MLE on wall. I'm under the impression, too, that you're right, that he let him know ahead of time. He, he was like, I'm going to still work out at the practice facility on Instagram for a little while just so people think I'm coming back. 
but he let him know ahead of time. So then the Clippers were more comfortable. Like, all right, then we'll just give it to Wall. I, I, I think we were all maybe earlier this week under the impression that Wall just wanted it. So we were going to give it to Wall and then then decide what to do with Hart. But I I would have, I would be under the impression, too, that, you know, Hart's time is probably going to get more money somewhere else. He technically did get more money than Emily. I'm sure we could dig deep in the numbers and realize that he couldn't have made more in Los Angeles in the long term. But that's not guaranteed. Like if he would have just if he if he, if he tore his ACL or something this season, I'm not saying he will. But if he did, then you're not getting at least he's getting guaranteed eight million dollars the following season. Yeah. So uh, I'm not wishing that on him. I'm just saying, like, I'm sure players have to at least think about that. Uh, so, yeah, we got John Wall <laughs> and we got Amir Coffee back. And Nick Batum signed uh, a two a two year twenty two million dollar deal, so about eleven each. The Reggie Jackson deal. Yep. Uh, so we're still probably the deepest team in the NBA, and I and I and when we just need now we just need to look for a backup center. Uh, after a week of realizing Hart is gone, or at least a few days of realizing Hart is gone, and we have John Wall. How does everybody feel about that, though? I'll let Jake go first. Oh, man. So I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm a little mixed on it. So I'm happy that John is obviously here. It's cool that I'm basically looking at it, looking at it like Bledsoe 2.0, just like a step up from it, right? Like John obviously has a better track record of being a playmaker. Um, and this is just off eye test. Playmaker, I mean, like flashy with the ball, right? Obviously, he has speed. He can go downhill, get to the rim. Um, now, he hasn't played in a year, so we really have to see what you know what's really there. I think like that's the main thing. Um, we can't expect him to be 2017, 2016, 15 John Wall because it's just unrealistic. But can we expect something, you know, a fraction of that somewhere? Absolutely. Now, to see Hardenstein go to the Knicks, I'm happy that he's – went east i mean that he went to the knicks i'm happy that he's not torturing us you know going <laughs> going like like what if he would have took like a golden state mle or something you know like that would have been literally like pain just straight you know just obliteration and uh <laughs> it's cool like i'm fine go get your money like brian said there's no guarantees in the league um you never know what can happen and hopefully wall is great the team was looking for a PG and they got it. Yeah. I, I'll let Trent go first before I get my thoughts. I agree with all of that. Absolutely. I'm happy for Isaiah Hartenstein making that money. Congrats. That's fantastic. I think the New York Knicks fan base is going to be clamoring for him to start by Christmas day. They'll be like, forget this Mitchell Robinson guy. We want the other dude who makes the crazy passes and has the, the wild floater game and is shooting three pointers. If he gets a chance, he is going to shine. New York is going to love him. He's going to make $16 million, and that's guaranteed money, and that's great. As for John Wall, hey, it's a low-risk, potential high-reward signing from a money perspective. I do argue that there's going to be further fallout in terms of minutes given to the other guys, which we'll talk about later in the pod, but um, – there's more to bringing on John Wall and saying, okay, man, we're going to give you X amount of minutes and see what you can do because those X amount of minutes are coming from the other guys. So we'll get into that later, but it is a low risk, 
high potential reward scenario because he definitely has skill. We just haven't seen him play. By the time he plays on an NBA court again in a meaningful game, it will be, I believe the number is 22 months Damn, between yeah. the last, last game and, and the, the next. So we'll see. Um, I don't know that the fit's great, but the talent is good. And he we're going to be asking him to do something he's never done before in his career. And that's not be an alpha. You, right. You're the Delta here. You're, you're the, the third guy when you're on the court with PG and Kawhi. And there'll be moments when you are asked to be the alpha when they're both sitting, I'm sure. So uh, between that and his health, there are questions. The third guy is also being very generous as well, too, because yeah, uh, you can make the case Norman Powell is the third guy, even if he's coming off the bench. Obviously, Luke Kennard's the alpha. And then everyone else falls underneath Kawhi and PG fall underneath Luke Kennard. But I like the deal kind of so like I've, I I think I've accepted that Hart could go I don't personally feel like Harnstein was going to make or break our championship window like we might three or four years from now look back and be like man it would have been nice to keep Hart but in our championship window which I believe is this year and then bleeding into the next year uh I don't believe the third year is technically the championship window, but it can be. It depends on like how the rest of the NBA shakes out. Because we were just saying uh, last March when everyone's like, well, do, do you want Kawhi and Paul George to come back? We'll just run it back and then we'll be good next season. And now we're watching Kevin Durant might come to the West. We're watching that Kyrie might play for the Lakers. Like, you're not, it's not guaranteed that the NBA is still going to be the same in 12 months and then we're going to be fine. You know, like we could play our asses off and still lose to a team, you know? So that being said, I think John wall is going to be a really good fit. And as long as we can, you know, keep him on the court. Uh, but it's a lot better than throwing away half the team to get a Kyrie. It's better than throwing half the team to get another player. Not saying we still won't throw away half the team to get a player, but um, I, I, so far so good. We'll just see if he I don't I don't think he's gonna be like the third best player on the team. I kind of feel like he's gonna be like Eric Bledsoe 2.0. But but we'll 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 see. Let's get into the minutes. (laughs) I feel like this is going to be a topic of discussion, especially when it comes to like consolidation trades, possibly. Uh if everyone's gonna get their minutes, is everyone okay not getting minutes? uh, We brought a mere coffee back. I thought if you were to ask me a week ago, I would say there's more of a chance we were going to bring back Isaiah Harnstein than that we were going to bring back Amir Coffey. Simply just because there's a spot on the team for Isaiah Harnstein to play, and there wasn't a guaranteed spot for Amir Coffey. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on the minutes, playing time, the rotation, with the team that we have right now? It could obviously change. This, this might be an out-of-date podcast by the time it gets released. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, actually, as I was like, my phone notification popped up, Isaiah Roby became a, a free agent. He's on waivers from Ooh. Oklahoma. And I think that'd be, if we could claim him off waivers to be the backup center, you know, run that now, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that's neither here or there. That's just in, <laughs> just in case. I think he'd be a great fit. But all right, cool. I, I, I think like Amir... <sighs> It's because I don't know, man, what Amir – I'm assuming he wants to play, you know, and I'm assuming, like, 
Amir is looking for the best opportunity to play. Now, if that's if they guaranteed him minutes, I, I just don't know because we have such a log jam at like two, three, and four. Amir plays two and three. Uh, it, it really all depends. Maybe they earn it in training camp or maybe we load manage the two stars so much that um, Amir can see consistent minutes because I feel like he's a rotational player. You know, like that that's some youth, some downhill juice that we need on the ball creation that Amir gives us. We saw it this past season. Uh, and shoot, like what high 30% three-point shooting. So I, I think he has a spot on the rotation. Now, I don't know exactly with John here. Obviously, that takes Terrence's minutes from the point guard away. And that moves him to the more combo, more like two, three, honestly. But where will Amir fit in that? And where will Marcus? Maybe there's not a log jam for the four spot, but four, three spot. But I'm expecting Batum to kind of sit a little more as he's like, you know, getting up in age. And Marcus and Rocco kind of play more throughout the season. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I have a I have a take before we get into Trent because I know Trent's already planned this out, so I'm gonna let him take the floor in a second. I I look at Man, Coffee, and Batum as those players that kind of just plug in and don't necessarily have to have set rotation minutes applied to them. I would say Luke Kennard should have set minutes for uh, set rotation minutes simply because he's a rhythm player. Obviously, Jackson and Wall, based on I don't know which one's going to be coming off the bench, but I'm assuming it's a, it's going to be Wall first, but you never know. I bet you last year I, I was trying to name the starting lineup in the summer and I was off base by a ton. So, And we're not quite sure where the, the power forward slash four position is. You know, it could be Covington, it could be Batum, it could be Morris. Uh, but I look at Coffee. Batum and man as those players especially when everybody's getting rest that those are the players you just plug in and they're just gonna play 35 minutes that night where maybe not so Batum but for sure coffee and man those two are the players you're gonna plug in they're gonna get 35 minutes at night and then when everyone is playing they're probably gonna get maybe 10 to 15 at the max uh Trent's already mapped this all out on what they can do so I'll let you take the floor uh I started out this morning this fine Sunday morning, just sat down with a pen and paper and my extensive background in retail management scheduling. And I thought about how to break this down in such a way that it would make sense and be some kind of entertaining at the same time. So I've got a list of what I think are going to be the 12 players that we absolutely know are going to be in the rotation next year if we go into the to next season with the current lineup. I'm assuming Preston and uh, Brandon Boston Jr. are going to spend the majority of the time in, in the G League, so I didn't factor them into this. So here's the game. I'm going to give you the player and a proposal for his average minutes. Word. Are you guys ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. All right. The player's at the one. Reggie Jackson. My proposal, 24 minutes at the one. Which is roughly what he played in what he, the before this last season before this last season when he averaged 32 he averaged 24 in the two years before that right. basically it's a little under uh but that's about where he sits when he shares the starting lineup with uh pg and Kawhi. then i've got john wall slated for just 20 and 
this number will change, I'm certain, as the season goes on, depending on his effectiveness. But I would say that it's probably per, uh, probably wise to limit him a little bit in the first couple months of the season to let him knock the rust off. Yeah. Uh, he has never averaged lower than 30 minutes a game no. in his career. Yeah. And his career minutes per game is over 35. I was about to say it's got to be like 37 or something. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. He yeah. played he played a ton of minutes especially in Washington. Um, which were all bad so. which were all bad or mediocre teams. So mediocre I would say. Yeah. Uh, though he did get Gortat that walking money. There we go. Yeah, he did. So that leaves about 4 minutes at the one which I think will be soaked up by someone else probably Paul George. So Paul George's career average is 33 minutes a game i think it would be wise to say you know we're going to try to get him and pull him in around 30 All right i would agree with uh, that uh, and we'll skip to Kawhi for just a second he's in the same boat his career number is 31 keep in mind he did play off the bench some of that early time in, in san antonio mm-hmm. but i think it'd be good to keep him around 30 as well mm-hmm. All right. now to back up those two guys you've got guys like norman powell who in Portland as a starter was well over 30, 32, 33. In his time in Toronto, he was a 28-minute-a-game off the bench. That's still a lot. That's yeah, a, lot. a lot. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. But I'm, I'm recommending somewhere in the 22-minute range. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but that's just a recommendation. Keep in mind, this is just a recommendation and it's going to flex a little bit. To add to your point, though, Every Clipper game he played on, he was coming off injury and he wasn't able to condition before it. So I'm not going to get on his case about that. But I feel like in every game he's played, he slowed down in the fourth quarter too because he was gassed. Then I've got Terrence Mann at 24 minutes. Uh, last year he played 28 minutes a game. So it would be a step down for it. But I, he's one of those X factors on the team that delivers that explosiveness. I think he needs a lot of minutes. Full Same. Uh, yeah, I agree. Then we get into the interesting part, which is the bigger front court guys. Marcus Morris, last season, take a guess as to how many minutes he averaged. I'm going to say 34. 28. 26. Oh, that's that's not a lot. 26. Yeah. So I think that the, the task for Morris is to, to ask him to bump that down even further and say we're going to average around 20 to 22. 20, yeah. I would say, yeah, give him the John Wall treatment, actually. Bro, and for as much as he played, that's actually, like, not a lot of minutes. It's 26? not. Which, which shows how much Reggie Jackson carried. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> like, what? It, it's going to melt your brain. Then we've got uh, Robert Covington who is kind of a, around a career 22-minute-a-game guy. That's probably right around where he should be. Uh, Nick Batum. We know that a couple of years ago he led us in minutes because he basically played every game. Yeah. Uh, last year he only played 24 minutes a game, which you think, well, that's a, that's a lot for Nick Batum, and it is. He should probably be more like 16-ish. I, I and would say so, the, yeah. And the reason for that is you want to keep him fresher because he's probably going to be soaking up minutes at the backup five. Uh, Evita Zubats averaged 24 minutes a game last year. That's got to increase, uh, especially without a backup five. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, I recommend somewhere in the 28 plus range. And once he go, once you get to 28, 30 minute zoo, he's going to become a double, double machine. Mm-hmm. And that leaves us with Luke and Amir, who are probably both going to be somewhere in a 16 to 20 minutes a game. Now I'm over budget. You only get 240 minutes to allocate to a whole team. So in order to make these averages work, we're going to have to schedule rests. We're going to have to say PG and Kawhi are not going to play back-to-backs. Maybe we stagger. Maybe the one plays one, the other plays the other. We should stagger on five and sevens. We should rest guys on five-game road trips, seven-game road trips, because you know the NBA is going to schedule them for us. That maybe he's only going to play every other game. You know? mm-hmm. And we should load manage Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. We should load manage Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, Nicola Batu, we should load manage John Wall. And we should be honest that with these guys coming in, that the, the here's the what we're plan is. We're going to load manage. We're going to have you take certain games off here and there. And those will probably be against lesser competition too. Pick the mm-hmm. weakest op- opposition and we rest our guys on those. These other guys can carry the load. We want to get to game 82 inside the top three for seeding purposes and healthy. That's got to be the goal of this regular season. And if they're going to do that, they're going to have to really legit load manage PG Kawhi. They're going to need to play around 60 games. No more than anything more than that. We're starting to get into danger zone. Uh, Mook should only probably be playing 60 games. Reggie should be playing 65. Batum, 65. We've got to let these younger guys carry some of the load during the regular season. Right. So I worked all that out. Old school, pen and paper. So uh, so we so we both have a similar thought process. It's just your plug-in guys are probably Luke Kennard and Coffee, right? And we, mine and mine was you can easily Coffey. flip those. Yeah, you know, flip Terrence Mann for Luke Kennard. You can yeah. do that. Flip Amir Coffee for for Terrence Mann. You can do that. And it could easily be matchup oriented too, right? Yep. Like we're playing a team that. Like for example, when we if we play a game against the Minnesota Timberwolves, you know, let's just play five out basically for the majority of that game. Even if it's a regular season game, you're like, yeah, Rudy Gobert and Cat are gonna give Zoo a pounding. But then, like, if you play Luke Kennard thirty minutes that night, which you normally don't do, uh, he's gonna space the court out, you know, something like that. So, yeah, that I, I like that plan though. I think was like a, dr- dropping everyone around roughly 20, except for our prime guys. Yeah. There was a timeline, a pod last year where, where I talked about thinking of the, the players on the roster as a toolkit. And there are certain tools who can, that can do everything. They're multi-tools. You can do all kinds of stuff. And then there are other tools, tools that's more like, you know, oh, this is a hammer. This is a saw. They're very specific tools to do very specific. Yeah. We have a toolbox that is completely full of, cool tools that you can put it together in any kind of uh, of order and Ty gets to use the whole box and he yeah. should and that's it works the same way in the playoffs we talked a lot about well Isaiah Hartenstein didn't play in the playoffs and Zoo can be played off the court in the playoffs yes they can but then there are also games where they're absolutely going to be needed based on the matchup so for example Phoenix did, when we yep. played Phoenix now I don't know if Phoenix is going to have DeAndre Ayn again but when we played Phoenix, we needed Zoo, and because when Zoo when Zoo got hurt and we had Boogie, 
which is going to lead me into our next discussion. This is a good segue here. Uh, Boogie got torched by CP3. And like, it wasn't even funny. Like, it's it's surprising me how many Clipper fans forgot that. Cool locker room guy, but we don't really have enough space on our team for a locker room guy anymore. Like, we legit need to use that 15 spot for a backup center. Transitioning to that, I guess. Jake, do you have a backup center in mind? You you brought up Isaiah Roby earlier. Oh man, everybody's gone, bro. I mean, Biombo just he's he's gone. Lawndale went to went to Phoenix, so that kind of tells me that they kind of have a two center thing going on already. So Aiden is probably he's cooked. He's out of there, dude. There's like nobody on the market. I mean, Blake is there. Um, who's on the market? Isaiah Roby. Just I mean, he shot like forty percent from three this season, so. That'd be kind of cool. A, a three, I mean, a, a center that can come space the floor and he's young. I think he's like 24. Um, so I, I'm down with that. But honestly, I really don't know who's on the market. Yeah, I was a little bummed that Bismack got signed, but Trent was right. He, the writing was on the wall. There's going back to going back to Phoenix. Uh, Trent, is there anybody you have in mind? Yeah, there are plenty of options available to go out and snare somebody. Um, you know, I believe you can use a, a traded player exemption to make a waiver claim. And Roby is a minimum salary, had a, had a guaranteed minimum salary for this year. So he would fit under that 8.3 TPAE that's about to vanish. So if that's an option that they're they're thinking of, they could make a waiver claim on it. Um, there are other guys out there that you can use the TPE on. Yaka Pertle, Daniel Tice. None of these are particularly exciting, but your backup center is probably not going to be exciting unless it's Isaiah Hartenstein. They're probably going to go invite a bunch of guys to camp and try to catch lightning in a bottle a second time. I wouldn't be be surprised if that's the case. Young defensive-minded guys, because a defensive-minded backup big would be ideal, one that could really move, uh, who Mm -hmm. may not have any offensive skill. You just shrug your shoulders and go, yeah, we're, you're here to play defense. Mm-hmm. I don't want it some old guy who can't move. Might as well not. Like, the only old guy, and I'm being generous, I say this, would be Blake Griffin. Uh, and that's just – now that we have John Wall and we don't have Isaiah Hernstein, the Blake Griffin move is becoming less about nostalgia. And I'm like, ah, now we actually need him to play, and I don't know if I want that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I always wanted him just to get the ring before CP3 as a Clipper. But at yeah. this point, if he's going to have to play real minutes now, I'm not entirely against the idea of just playing small if we were to get a Blake Griffin or just get another four. And just, I don't love it. But Rocco could play a little bit of the center position. Batum, like th- those two could split like backup center minutes. Uh, it's not preferred that that's the way we go. That That's the way I have it written up in, in my proposal is that Batum and Rocco and maybe even Morris will have to chew up a minute or two here and there. Uh, so so like if, if Zoo plays yeah. 30 minutes and we just split 18 minutes between Rocco, Batum, and Morris and then even dropped Kawhi down to the four or something yep. like that or Coffee to the four, and then just let those three guys, you know, eat up those the other 18 minutes or so. Yeah. But if, if Zoo got hurt, if, I know Zoo's an Iron Man. Right. If Zoo got hurt, 
would be have to would have to make a lot of calls to a bunch of 35 10 day guys yeah, yeah. They're 35 year old dudes yeah. that haven't well, played basketball all season uh somebody get pat patterson's number right i have no idea what that yeah. guy's doing what's pat uh, pat up to right <laughs> yeah i don't know pat, pat knows he still lives in town right <laughs> yeah you can't you can't afford la unless he's playing there uh <laughs> i feel i have a feeling he's just living in portland like I, I have this vibe that pat pat just lives in portland waiting for the blazers to call and then it's it's gonna end up being us he wears a he wears a Portland jersey underneath his regular clothes every day. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Any second now, he's gonna get the call. He he <laughs> thinks he thinks he was part of the Justice Winslow deal, but really he yeah. wasn't on the team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jake. Yeah. Is there yes, a, is there a type of center that's still on the market that you think? Because I, I was we me and you both wanted an athletic center. You know, someone who's going yeah, off the yeah. rim. You know. Doesn't do much. Does does just rebounds. Plays at least average defense. Protects the rim a little bit. Runs the court. And that was that was Bismack. That was forty five year old Bismack. Yeah. But now he's off the market, and these young athletic centers are not really available. So I just opened up my list. I got a list. I got a list of guys. Uh Oh, A, a lot of them are gone. Like everybody's gone. Uh, legit. Everybody you could think of is. I don't want to bring Ibaka back. Um, no. I'm not a big Thomas Bryant fan. Thomas, I mean, both those guys are just named out injury prone. You know what? There, there is there is somebody there, Gorgie Jang. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a, that's you know it's athletic. Um, I think he's like what six ten. He has a mid range jumper. Uh, he's not too bad. Uh, Dwight Howard. I don't know necessarily if I'd like, you know, I don't like, I don't know if I'd like Dwight personality with this team. I don't know if that makes any sense. He, he was about to punch Anthony Davis last year. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure if I'm really, and I got, I got one here that, you know, King toxic himself, you know, toxic Tristan Thompson. Oh uh, um, yeah. I don't think he can play in a city with a Kardashian. Exactly. Yeah, I, 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 would, <laughs> I, I guess I, I'd rather have Dwight in that situation, I guess. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, th- but honestly, there's no one left. And the only way for us to really get one is by, like Trent said, figure it out, G League, 10-day kind of stuff. Or we use the TPE in this next, like, what, week? And well, we, we take back t- Tice or Portal or somebody. We have two. Okay, two so we got two of them. We do we have two. One of, them, one of them doesn't That's true, fire sir. until the trade does in that case, though, if I had to pick Portal or, or Tice, I mean, I like Portal better, but Tice is Tice gives us a different look. He stretches the floor a little bit, and um, you know, it, it's a different feel from Zoo. So we don't have like a similar guy like Zoo when Zoo sits. I kind of like right. having Tice. Yeah, but, but Portal Portal is an excellent defender. Oh yeah, Portal is a better player, absolutely. And, and yeah. that's I maybe that's probably. Going, do we really need more shooting? Yeah, from a shooting. Five? Yeah, do yeah, we really? Yeah. True, true, true. Uh, I mean, uh, eh. yeah, I have to hear, hey, let's trade for Miles Turner one more time. It, 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 it could, it could be take the hostage that we move into next season with just Roko Batum and Morris playing back of five minutes, and then at the trade deadline or when other players get bought out of their contracts, we just pick one up, make a swing, yeah. We we go into the season with, four, with fourteen players, 
worst case scenario, something happens to Zoo, we do sign the boogie to a 10 day contract, or we just bring up Musa from the G League and say, All right, you're going to play your 40 <laughs> games of NBA eligibility or 45 or 50 games of NBA 50. eligibility of your two way contract until Zoo comes back. And we're probably going to start Marcus Morris, but you're going to come off the bench and play 25 minutes. Welcome to the big leagues, you know? That you know, could, that could be the case. Brian, I got something with DeMarcus, right? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. So the first call that the Nuggets made in free agency was DeAndre Jordan. And <laughs> yeah. wh- which which just tells you, though, like, DeMarcus actually played decent for them at times last year. Like, he, he, he but but it's interesting that, like, even with Mike Malone, DeMarcus can't find a spot to stay. And his it, defense is just cooked. It's cooked, bro. Why? I guess it's tough to take out Jokic and then put Boogie in. Yeah, I think like that, I think that's the frustrating part. Whereas at least for us, we're taking they're, they're, it's, they're it's too, not going to get better with it, DJ. Yeah, that's not. what I'm saying. Like, Trey, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, how is your first call DeAndre? I don't when, know, man. When the, I mean, you can make the case Demarcus is a better player than DeAndre at this point, and so it's like, yeah, dude, is is Demarcus that washed that like you're calling DeAndre Jordan over him like that? I, yeah, I don't know. At, at least Demarcus makes up for his defensive liabilities on the offensive end sometimes. That's what I'm it, saying. It's just when he's not, you're like, okay, what's what's sit him down? What's and we point? and yeah. we just couldn't do that against CP3 last year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but at least on our team, if we were to have Demarcus, would be, I guess it's different than Zoo. Like you made the same point with uh, Tyus. Yeah, like, I see. Yeah, I see. Like, like yeah, right. offensive minded people call him like, oh, you know, he's a, he's a he's he's like he's strong and like he he well. He, he he'll foul on defense at least i guess but i i still don't see what the point would be of bringing demarcus back because john because, wall there the kentucky connection just <laughs> like i wouldn't i wouldn't mind it if it got to a point where by the trade deadline we realize we're a playoff team and then we maybe decided all right cool demarcus is going to probably get waived so we could bring in somebody else like if we just brought him in to be the first half of the season center, or if we did do a consolidation trade at the trade at the trade deadline, then Boogie's our third string center. I don't mind him being a locker room third string center guy that we yeah. plug in there, break glass kind of in case of emergency guy. I just don't want him getting fifteen to twenty minutes behind Zoo every night. It, it's that's just where I'm at with it. I'd rather bring in a younger G League guy and be like, "Welcome to the league." You know that that's where we I'm got at. one right now. We got Musa right now. I mean, I was about to propose too. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of letting young rookies play on like these real championship, you know, caliber teams. Mm-hmm. But bro, if you need someone to ten minutes, I mean, if you need someone to come in for ten minutes, back up Zoo real quick, and it's the beginning of the season, throw the kid out there. I mean, yep. he's playing with high IQ players anyway. You know what I'm saying? And if it's November, October, December, it's cool. Now, like you said, let's get into, you know, February. And, you know, you, you really need a backup, then we'll talk about it. But, shit, they already got a center. They drafted one. Now, I got a wild one, and it's not going to happen. But he played quality minutes at center for the AC Clippers last year. Yeah, and his name was Shavon Thompson, seven okay. feet. Started very good. Now they went small, and then he he was off the court a little bit. 
But if we're just going to, if we're going to bring in a guy who's at least played against NBA level players, so we're not just throwing Musa out there, we're throwing, yeah. and we just brought him on a training camp, training camp deal, and then see if he could prove himself to be on the team. I wouldn't be against that if he got a training camp invite. I'd like to see us invite back Moses Wright. Same. He was yeah. good. Yeah, me too. He was good. He's, he's not a seven footer. He's not a traditional center. He's actually a power forward, but he is super strong. He fights yeah. like hell on defense. I love that about him. He has a little bit of offense. I mean, it's it's not great, but that's he, not he, what we're looking for. He was like Ellen Brand. He was Ellen Brand light. I felt like last year, you know, like, and uh, I believe did he end up going to Dallas? Is that yeah? Where, he was yep. finished the season on ten days in Dallas, and then right. I guess he's a free agent now. I, hell, why not? There is one other option we haven't talked about. What's up? And that is the consolidation trade being for a big of some sort, either a five, like a, a hey, super guy five, thank God Rudy's gone, or <laughs> some sort of super meaty four who could back up the five. Right. Yeah. Which, which, which you know, I, we don't I, have I, the ammo for John Collins, but we can dream. Right. Well, you, you never know because they got Murray. They're eventually going to have to pay him. So if they're if they, if I was the Hawks this year, I would be like, all right, let's run it with Trey Young, Murray, and Collins, and then figure that out next year. But if they're trying to figure that out ahead of time, then I would I would be like, all right, let's just, let's take something like because if you could get back, I'm not saying you should take our 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 role players but if you could get back like a veteran morris or a veteran player or another shooter in lucanard or something for collins i if i'm the hawks i'd op- i'd be open to that because we're not the lakers trying to trade tht for a star player we're right. we're we're trying to offer technically a veteran player that could get his own shot in the mid-range mm-hmm at a consistent basis or the best three point shooter in the league last season. That's what we would be offering. Right. So like, it might not maybe get us KD, but I think other teams would listen. So like, yeah, if we got John Collins and John Collins played, started at the four and then right. staggered, staggered at the five. Yep. I think that would be fine. Different, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. And then uh, I don't I don't know that we have the ammunition to pull off a deal like that. A more likely kind of thing is that we're one of our, you know, 14, 15 million dollar guys gets moved to a contender in a three way. And we pick up like a Rashawn Holmes or somebody like that, which which I would I would like that as well. Um, I don't want to trade anybody. I would like us to just find somebody. But you're right. Like the consolidation trade, like you said, it could get us the Miles Turner's. Because Miles Turner's value, for whatever reason, has to be extremely high for the Pacers for them to not move him yet, but extremely low for the rest of the NBA to not just throw any because to trade for him. Yeah, he, he's injury prone. He doesn't rebound. He he doesn't rebound. He don't rebound. He blocks shots. He's a decent offensive player. You know, guys away from contact. Yeah, so I he wouldn't be a bad. He would he would actually be a perfect backup center. It's just if we got him, he would start over Zoo probably. He would drive us bonkers. Yeah, he, his he, lack of physicality would drive us crazy. I'm sure. It, he, I've seen him play basketball. He kind of backs to the side of the player and then try to block the shot. And then yes, he is incredibly out. talented, but the, doesn't have the dog that you would need to bang with the the big guys 
it's a, and you see it. He's injured all the time. He likes to shoot threes. Get down there and post up. Yeah, he shared the court with Sabonis. You, uh-huh. you, you shared you shared Crying something with rib. me this you shared something with me this week, Trent. And I'm going to use my windy impression here. Go for it. <laughs> What's going on in Clipperland is hear me out. This was your idea. Isaiah Harnstein can't get traded to the trade deadline. If That's he just right. had, let's just say he has a mediocre first few months, let's pick him right back up for the TP. Right? Like, there you just, go. Just throw it at the Knicks, pick him right back up. And there's no reacquisition issue because he completed his contract with the Clippers and then signed somewhere else as a free agent. You can then reacquire that player within the same within the same year. There we go. As long as a new contract was reached. Now there was another trade for <laughs> for a center this this year, which was Rudy Gobert going to Minnesota, right? Uh-huh. And Patrick Beverly went to Utah, which I don't know how long that relationship's going to last. Uh, <laughs> why don't we just why don't we just pick up Patrick Beverly to play backup center? <laughs> wow. Hey man. Hey, look! Shout out Pat. You know he could be standing on the on the bench out there in, in Utah. You know what I'm saying? Screaming mm-hmm. to the crowd, "Let's get it!" Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, dude, let's just. I, I personally think they're they're waiting. They're just waiting it out, waiting it out. You know, and they're just gonna see who they pick up from there. We'll see. I just hope it's a different look than what Zoo gives us as that half court big. I hope he gives us like a different type of center so we can kind of roll with that on the bench. Right. I hear that. What about uh Gallo as our uh, backup Boston. center? Boston. Boston. Did Boston. he already did he already agree yeah. to that? Yeah, I think he's going to Boston. Oh uh, well see. The full right. GPE. I just discredited our podcast in like I'm, five I'm seconds. Sorry, the full <laughs> no, he he's gonna be good there. Shout out shout out the Celtics. They really like, you know, improve their roster. Uh yeah, the Celtics look pretty good. It's just like if another monster move happens, which I, let's let's get it's into cooked. that. Like they're yeah. not gonna make it out yeah. of the East. Yeah. Uh, so Katie really? this week. Katie, uh, I'm not so sure about that. It depends on depends. Yeah, on the, the I'm kind of with you, I'm kind of with you, Trent. I'm kind of with you, Trent. It all depends. Let's see how it rocks. But go it, ahead, go ahead. My bad, Brian. Oh no, you're good. You know, it's not my podcast. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Katie, <laughs> uh, requested his trade this week. From the owner, no less. From the he he basically hit Went to the owner. Yeah, he he basically hit him up and said like, "Hey, yeah, uh, get me out of here, man." Important email, CC the rest of the Brooklyn Nets people on it. Put the important tag on it and said, "Hey, please open this right away." It's like, "Hey, I'm taking." Uh, which which walked it's funny. right past Sean Marks's desk straight into Joe Sykes' office. Right. <laughs> which. <laughs> Marks is the secretary for the. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works in my head. Like, Man, Frank's just sitting outside of Balmer's. You can't go in there. You can't go in there. And he's like, "Watch me." Um, <laughs> which it's funny because all of a sudden, then Kyrie became available. Which, of course, it's it's. it's I find it that that's never was announced or anything. It just was assumed, and then all of a sudden, the Lakers started coming up in rumors over the weekend. So I guess Katie Kyrie are available, which is going to. Sh- I'm assuming Donovan Mitchell's available. Rudy Gobert just went to Minnesota. There's a lot shaking up in the West and a lot shaking up in the NBA in general. 
So rumored teams for KD, Suns, Heat, Raptors, apparently the Clippers. Uh, we'll see. Uh, another team, teams that are interested in Kyrie, the Lakers and the Lakers. Uh, I'd probably say that second, I'd probably say the second team would be like the Shanghai Sharks or something like that, because I don't think the rest of the NBA wants anything to do with Kyrie right now. It's a pretty small list of teams that need a super desperately need a superstar enough that they're willing to take that risk. Right. And I believe that list of teams is um, the Lakers. Is it? Well, the Lakers will will basically try anything at this point. If you notice, when they pick up yeah. free agents, they just sign people. They don't. They don't even yeah. like. Well, we'll figure this out later. Like, they'll f- we'll figure this out later. And then narrator, they don't figure it out later. I'm waiting for Palenka <laughs> to turn around and go. Uh, and we're set. What's your name again? <laughs> so, oh, the next he, minimum he, contract they, guy they, had, that they picked off the street. They have to put oh. like uh, the painter's tape on their forehead with their names on it during <laughs> practice. <laughs> uh. So, if KD goes to the Suns, how concerned are you guys? And this this whole section of the podcast might be out of date in like an hour. <laughs> I just checked my phone, so we're still good. We're still good. By the time I'm I edit this, and, and if it's out of date, I'm just going to cut it out. Just it's, cut it right out. Yeah. I'm not that worried about KD joining what's left of the Suns because they're going to have to send out Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton. Those guys are gone. Right. They're, you're you're basically going to flip two starters and your sixth man to improve that 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 KD player, which is a great improvement. Don't get me wrong. They're a tax team. They ain't young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I still put them in the top six in the West, with or without KD. If they keep all their, if Aiden walks, they're in trouble. Yep. They need more offense. So uh I, I don't know. I'm I'm not terrified of it. I'm not I'm not terrified, but I'm also in a seven game series, they would legit be a threat to our team. That the, they would have to eventually go, they would be a team that eventually would remember last year or two years ago when we had to play zoo against Aiden. They're a five out team now. You know, you're not going to, you're not going to have Bismack out there, which is, you know, it is what it is. I don't expect Chris Paul and Katie to get along, (laughs) but I don't either. I'm surprised Devin Booker and CP3 get along. Exactly. uh, We'll see how that plays out. Right. Everyone seems so mellow over there. Yeah. Right. Uh, Jake, (laughs) what are your thoughts if Katie goes to Phoenix? Um, I'm kind of scared, but you know, they are trading away all their wing depth, like everything, all of it is gone. And they're stuck with guys like a Kogi off the bench and stuff like that. Right. So sham it off the bench. You know, it's not, it's not pristine to have these, or it's not like the best idea to have these dudes come off the bench and have to play real playoff minutes. And especially with Katie's history, the last two years of him missing out 20 to 30 games, uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough. Now, are they top heavy? Hell yeah. You know, they're, they're giving buckets, but we'll see. I'm kind of like 50 50 on it. At first, I was scared, but now I'm just but a little 50 50. Th- this is where I'm at on those top heavy teams is if they are healthy, all they have to do is survive the 16 games or so, the 16 wins in the playoffs, right? That's all they have to do right. if, they're, if they're healthy. And then, at, so we're not expecting to have the best record over 82 games at that point. We're, so if you could get into the playoffs with a top-heavy team, it's. It, but the thing is, when you get in the playoffs, coaches find the holes on your team. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so we'd have to see if the Monty Williams is able to plug those holes with with the rest of the guys they have, which it's not impossible. We've seen it done. Just uh, like they they need KD to guard, if that's the case. Like he really would have to guard for forty minutes, and it's like mm-hmm. somebody big too. And and oh, they, yeah, and they pretend that Devin Book, they pretend that Devin Booker is a good defensive player. He's not. He plays just as good as defense, just as good defense as probably Luca and everybody else does. We just saw Luca cook these guys at home. Like yeah. you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like they would really have to guard and have their. That's a problem that I felt we had in 2020 was that PG and Kawhi were like, they were. I don't want to say supposed to guard, but they were like the media made it out for them to be like these superstar defensive, like juggernauts. Mm-hmm. And they were, they kind of had to be for our team at the time because we had no options. It doesn't, so, it doesn't help if, if a player gets past them. Montrez was there. That's what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so it's like, it's like now, you know, you want your stars to be, you know, the offensive juggernaut and then have the, have the wings and the role players kind of be that cast around them to help them do the dirty work. Now, yeah. when it would come to them, it'd be like the complete opposite. KD would have to be out there 40 minutes a game, lockdown defense, scoring. Same with Book. I don't know. Like that, That's why I've mentioned in the past, and I understand he has an attitude issue and he's not a great player to play with, but if we had like a Ben Simmons, like if we did do a consolidation trade and we got Ben Simmons, imagine you're getting the switch and it ends up being Ben Simmons, or you get the switch and it ends up that's being Kawhi. You get the oh. switch and it's Paul George. You get the switch and it's Roko. You get the switch and it's, I guess, yeah. Zoo would be the best option if you're a point guard. Good but, luck. You know, you're like, but <laughs> imagine that team. And then it's like, all right, they take a seat. All right, you get the switch and Norman Powell's not bad. You get a switch and at least Reggie Jackson's trying. You get a switch, Luke Kennard's trying. You right. know, everyone's bought in defensively on the Clippers. And you and it's like Batum, and then like imagine Morris being able to be like, all right, cool, I could breathe and be the tenth best defender on the team. Great, you know we brought Morris in to be the third lockdown guy a few years ago, but now he could just sit back and be like, all right, I could focus on my offensive game, but also pl- go and plug in and be a switchable player on defense. Uh, and he could learn a thing from Rocco, you know, just being a good team defender, putting your hands in passing lanes and stuff like that. Right. So what's what I. I think we all in agreement though we want KD to stay in the East. Miami or Toronto would be ideal. Like yes. we could worry about we could worry about that in the finals if we get that far. There is a rumor about him in Golden State right now though. Sure, <laughs> sure. You know what? You know which what? Is, I'm, which I'm is not... like nutty. Which is like completely nutty. Like so. So I have this stance with the Lakers where I'm like, you know what? They could just get bailed out. I get tired of it. It's frustrating. I feel like they're a very protected team. They they hold on to that CP3 stuff like ten years ago. Like like they didn't like end up winning championships and stuff like after that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm going to throw this out there with Golden State though. I feel like Golden State's the most slimy though out of the two franchises, mm-hmm. and they and for whatever reason they have like zero shame, especially with the first KD route. <laughs> and then if they were to bring KD back in, KD and Golden State are a match made in heaven because those are the two players in the NBA who have absolutely zero shame and just like you know what, <laughs> I don't give I don't care what people think of us. We're just gonna keep getting rings. And then we'll we'll let our fourth best player do a podcast who averages three points a game and act like he wouldn't be a G League player otherwise. Wow, that, that, that's how. I, <laughs> you, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. So, sure, if if Kevin Durant wants to go to Golden State, go for it, dude. Just go for it. Zero shame. 
ruin the NBA again. I don't care. Go for it. But hopefully he sees in the East. <laughs> so we can. I'm, I'm telling you right now, if KD goes to Golden State Warriors, I am I want the lockout. I want it. I want the NBA season canceled. Okay, well, how about this? How about, how about, this? How about this, though, Brian? Like, what if what if they have to give up Poole, Kaminga, Wiseman, like, two picks or whatever? I mean, it's the, fair. I mean, well, it, it's a fair offer, honestly. Like, they would have to uh, they would have to throw in probably Wiggins or Clay Thompson or something for just the deal financially to work, right? No, I, Wiggins maybe. I think Wiggins. They would have to throw Wait, Wiggins. Wiggins with, is on an expiring. Okay, so he'd be on expiring. They throw pool. So, like, like I don't know. The the Nets are really specific about what they want back. Yeah, and they want a young player under team control who's pool. got huge upside. Pool party. So <laughs> pool party. Jordan pool, Jordan pool. Sure, but they also, they also don't want to. They probably don't want a thirty million expiring returning. I, I could just imagine. Especially, especially someone that would have to sign back. Yeah, because if you sign it back, you're increasing your your financial layout right. for next year, right? Right. Uh, which right. they're not keen on doing. I don't know. You know what? If they've got all the ammo in the world, apparently they they have their own picks because you know mm-hmm. <laughs> they're Golden State. Yeah. I mean, they drafted them. Shout out to them. They that, drafted all these guys. They drafted so great, and then they held them forever. Yeah, so they know what and, they're doing. Hey, that's. Winning front office work right there. Sure. Uh, they do have probably the best front office in the NBA, and I would say we do too. But we need a ring to prove that. No, <laughs> no, we don't draft for shit. B. Oh, hey, our uh, draft, our draft is Musa is going to be the uh, next. Yeah, 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 uh, I don't know, yeah, yeah. Will Chamberlain of the NBA. Watch, <laughs> Watch. write it down now. Write it down. Yeah, now. I hope. 100 points, 100 points a game. 100 points in a game. Uh, oh. 100 point game from 100 point game from Musa. 100. But that's point yeah, there you go. Brian drug tests ordered. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, okay, Kyrie to LA. Yeah. The LA Lakers. Technically we're According to people on ESPN, we were also in those discussions. Yeah. And but how worried would you be if the Lakers got Kyrie? I'd be more worried that they got Steph Curry. I mean Seth Curry, not Steph. Seth Curry in the deal. I'd be more worried about Curry than I would be about Kyrie on that team. <laughs> mm. Well, um I, yeah, I would be worried. <laughs> I would I would be worried. I just off the top end talent. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, like they gotta stay healthy, but see, I hate saying that. I hate saying they gotta stay healthy because we gotta stay healthy, and so do the Nuggets, and yeah. a- apparently the Bucks because Middleton got hurt in the playoffs. Like, right. um, if they're if they're healthy, it's tough. There's a there's a big difference between, you know, oh well, Kyrie Irving's gonna be out for the next four weeks with a twisted ankle, and starting in his place will be. Lonnie Walker the fourth. Yeah, right. No, that's huge. And yeah. and Paul George is going to be out for the next four weeks with a twisted ankle, and starting in his place will be Norman Powell. Right. No, it's absolutely. You, know, you do make a good point, Trent. The the depth is important. Plus, everybody seems to forget these guys ain't going to play forty eight minutes a game. Mm-hmm. They ain't going to play forty eight minutes a game. They ain't going to be able to play thirty five minutes a game. They'll, they'll certainly try. <laughs> they may try, but they, it ain't gonna work. 
that means there's going to be time when, you know, they're going to look around and go, uh, Austin Reeves, bail us out, bro. Yeah. Which you uh, might, you know. Okay. This is the plan, huh? Yeah. It's a yeah. better plan than last year. Yeah, I was gonna say Kyrie is oh, a, sure. uh, it's an upgrade oh, from oh, Russell. Oh, for sure. Like, like that's like uh, this is this is how I put it. If they bring in Kyrie, they probably won't have the collapse they had last season, which would at least put them in the play-in, which puts them in at least playoff. Threat. You sure about that? I am sure about that because the rest of the West will figure out a way to suck. You know, you know who the only healthy player for them all season was. Ooh, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, he was. I was gonna say, let me think about that. I'm like, you're right, you're right. He he. I think he missed it one game Russ. or something like that. Yeah, dude played like 80 of 82 <laughs> or like 79 of 80. It was crazy. I've never yeah. seen Russ that healthy ever. So you bring in a Kyrie who's gonna probably play 57. Uh, ah. Extend his All Star break by 10 days, uh, <laughs> and then yeah, that's, that, funny. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be their squad. I, I would be I would be worried based on the top in talent. You put them in a seven game series, they they have a chance to win it. I think that's how I look at it. Like things become a lot smaller in the playoffs. And if they're all healthy and they're all on the same page and they're gonna play the 30 to 35 minutes a night in a seven game series, sure, they have it, they have more of a chance than they did last year, certainly. I just don't know if AD could get through an entire season. I don't think LeBron could get through an entire season. I don't think Kyrie could get through an entire season. And if there's a point in the season where all three are out at the same time, <laughs> like that's scary. Yeah, like that's in my opi- in my opinion, uh, this is I would okay. I, I'm not gonna say something stupid here. I'm gonna say if you have an opportunity to trade Russell Westbrook for Kyrie, you take it. But yeah, if you want someone who's gonna play every day, <laughs> you I guess you would prefer to have Russ, right? The, the real get is Seth Curry. Yeah, that's what that's what like you know I was yeah. I was laughed yeah. at, but I was like, dude, Seth Curry is the scariest part of the deal because he's gonna play eighty games and shoot above forty percent from three, and right. and and spread the floor for LeBron and stuff like that. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Seth, <laughs> dude, Seth Curry and Lonnie Walker <laughs> are gonna be painted as the saviors of the Lakers. And they're, it's going to be because they they didn't they went forty and forty two instead of thirty and forty something. <laughs> this is not a three on three league. It's not. You still got to play five guys, and you, you still got to play. Yeah, and you got to play both ends. That's the other thing. Like, <laughs> see, that's the other thing. Like, Kyrie got a guard. LeBron, LeBron got a guard, and those two don't guard. We just saw Kyrie get baked. Yeah, legit baked, oh. and it's by Marcus Smart. Yeah, it's it's a two way league, so we'll see. You know, are you guys at all worried about the Minnesota Timberwolves? I go back on for back and forth with them. I do like that they're like playing a counter style. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah, the rest of the league is kind of going more small, five out. I do like, and, and they're doubling yeah. down on their size. Yeah, and I like how like Towns plays power forward now, so he can go shoot all the threes he wants to shoot, and you know, play in the mid range and like. The, the mid post and stuff like that. But um, I, I want to see it before I can like really say how good I think they're going to make the playoffs though. I, I think they will. They, they will certainly be, they gutted their rotation players that helped them get to the playoffs last year for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> Shout out Bev. <laughs> and, and yeah, so. Shout out Bev. <laughs> uh, 
He's I, already I talking trash too. <laughs> that I, sucks. I don't. I don't was think... talking trash getting on the plane. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know I don't know I don't know if Rudy Gobert salt like is the like is you know how like some teams look at their situation and go all right now now that we got here how do we take that to the next level and I don't know if bringing in Rudy Gobert does that it's not it's like Rudy Gobert played for a really well coached I'm not saying Minnesota is not well coached but Utah was a very well coached team with a defensive anchor at center. With Royce O'Neal, who played at least above mediocre defense, and then you had Donovan Mitchell, who just played lights out for at least eighty-five percent of the, the, the games in the season to, to at least keep them in a winning bracket. Now the, the Timberwolves have is a good coach, but I don't know if he's Quinn Snyder's level of good coaching yet. Well, he'll prove that this year. You have Cat, who utilized his size. But I don't know if there's enough room in the paint for him to utilize that size. So is he now just going to be Blake Griffin 2.0? Like, you know, my, my biggest beef with Blake Griffin toward the end of his career with the Clippers was he always he was always facing the basket from the front. Like, he never posted anybody up, which was never really his game. But it just got to a point where it's like he's just shooting 15-footers always. And I'm like, dude, like, if you're – like AD shot like 19% from three last year. Like, is that, is that what cat wants to become? Like the reason why, like, do you really want to raise the volume? I guess I know he won the three point contest and all that. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Like, like that, like they want to do that. Yeah. And then you have Anthony Edwards, who I think is the best player on the team. And then he's going to probably be the Donovan Mitchell piece, but then like you got to plug in those other spots now. <laughs> And I just don't know, like, if they if they have, they'll certainly be a playoff team. But I wouldn't be surprised if, for whatever reason, we're looking back at the end of the season, or we're we're looking back when's the end of the season, and they're the seventh seed again, and they're in the playing tournament again, and they're and they're playing because like the rest of the West is stacked, <laughs> and I don't think Rudy Gobert is necessarily an upgrade. That's just where I'm at. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad move. I think trading four picks is a bad move. But <laughs> you're gonna be paying Rudy Gobert for four years from now, and you're gonna be uh-huh. like, "Damn, I wish I had a draft pick." We remember when we were complaining that we thought we we're gonna give up role players for just this championship window and, for Rudy Gobert's contract. The yep. Timberwolves gave up four picks, <laughs> and the role players they're gonna miss Pat Bev and Vanderbilt and Beast. Those are quality guys that they sent them. I think Utah made out like bandits in this deal. Uh, yeah, but it's a chemistry experiment. We'll see how it works. I, 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 I'm intrigued. It's kind of like how the Cavs approached the East last big, year. Big difference between the Cavs bigs being young, springy, different styles. Right. Uh, you know, Evan Mobley has a, a nice offensive back. Uh, Jared Allen is, you know, he's just a board monster and defender. Mm-hmm. But I mean, hell, they were playing Laurie Markinen out there with them. They were yeah. playing three seven footers. So fire, so fire, and you know that's great and all, but they lost in a play. Yes, that style has its drawbacks. Well, that a lot of guard injuries for them. Uh, But like I told, like I told you guys, they just signed Robin Lopez. They got seven dudes on that (laughs) spot in in Cleveland that are six ten or taller. 
Dude, do you Seven. think do you think the Cleveland Cavs for him? People are like, dude, do you think there's gonna be a consolidation trade with these centers? <laughs> I think that they're wondering if there's gonna be another flood and we just want to keep our basketball team above the above the water. <laughs> Sorry, Ricky Rubio. Come uh, on. Someone's gonna have they to they are resigning Rudy. Ricky Rubio. Yeah, they're gonna have to lift, they're gonna hold him up above the water. I just <laughs> I just you know, I just think that the West with I'm assuming Katie and Kyrie coming over, it just gets harder every year. You know, like, that's what we keep saying. It's just every year talent just moves and here we are again. And, like, this super team stuff, it's not over. It's not over until the next CBA, until they can fix whatever they want to fix. This is not over. They're going to keep stacking teams. The players are going to go crazy. Like, this is is just the new thing we're in now. Like, if KD goes back to Golden State – let Kyrie go to LA. Just do it. Like, do it. Like, whatever, bro. Because at, at this point, these guys are, you know, it's like dorm room buddies just getting together and playing. Okay. It's crazy. Yeah. Does Katie know how hot it is in Phoenix? Uh, Does, because like, I'm sure they play during the season. Yeah. You know, they, they take a trip out there. It's probably January or something. So it's like, oh, it's a, it's a modest, oh, it's really 70, nice. 78 degrees. Really nice in the winter there. And then all of a sudden, he's going to show up because he got traded in July. <laughs> and then he's going to be like, huh. What did I do? Why <laughs> does my face hurt? And I just walked out of the airport. Yeah. Dude, I, I just. And, and he notoriously has dry skin. There you go. Off the picks. Yeah, I remember those picks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just think that, like, man, let these. I hate how, like unbalanced unbalanced the league becomes because then the east is left with like no stars and like two juggernaut teams but the west is like super stacked and you sometimes you could see the, the basically the, the western conference finals in the first round well, well there there was this uh story i forgot who wrote it so i'm not gonna give credit to nobody i guess is classy the <laughs> <laughs> the NBA salary cap was the per- was to create more parity in the league, and what it's done is it hasn't. And the and Major League Baseball is supposed to uh, does not have a salary cap; they just have a tax. So, like, if you re- go over the tax, it's kind of like you know where the Clippers and the Golden State Warriors are at. You pay a certain amount of money for per every dollar that's over the tax, and a lot of teams try to avoid that. Not the Clippers. It's interesting though, in baseball, in the fi- in the World Series, there is more small market teams that eventually make the F- World Series more than there is in the NBA. And yet the NBA is supposed to have more parity. Now that the, the the sport that has the most parity would probably be football, because the way it's set up and how you know how salaries worked out. And but what football has is non-guaranteed contracts you could cut a player if you could sign a player for five years give them an, an amount that's guaranteed and then you could cut them and the rest is not attached to your salary which maybe the nba wants to explore some i know like the the whole player association is like well we want to make sure we get our guaranteed money but if Kyrie's pulling this shit <laughs> uh, and you wanted to be in brooklyn was and it was a non-guaranteed deal you're out bro you want you don't want to get vaccinated you're out you know, like we'll cut you, and we don't have to pay your your salary anymore. Uh, we'll see how this new CBA goes. I'm expecting at least to miss the first two months of the season. 
at least. Oh yeah, it's cooked. It's cooked for that. I I believe they have an opt out in December, so oh, it wouldn't sorry. happen until until then. When the opt out <laughs> is, if they choose to opt out, they would play out the remainder of the season under the current CBA, and then have to renegotiate a new CBA before next season. Uh, so we're gonna play the next season regardless. As I understand it. Yes, we will play the this coming season, unless the owners go full, you know, aggro and lock the players out entirely. You know, just say now nah, we're done with this and just Bro. lock the doors. At some point, I feel like the NBA is going to turn into like, you know, like UEFA and like or UEFA and um, yeah, like the FIFA, like academies, like kids, like you know, Laker academies, Clipper academies, and stuff, mm-hmm. and like kids are going to be rooted up to be like these great ball players like bro, this 10 is, you know what i'm saying like and, the, and, then the dra- and then the draft is just the rest of the mediocre players that didn't go through the bro, academy i really feel like it's going to be like that though like they're really yeah. going to do it like that academies and stuff it just the league is moving in some weird way that i don't i don't know there needs to be a reimagining of the way that the players and the owners divide profits the, there needs to be a, a reimagining of the way fans pay to get into, you know, why are ticket prices skyrocketing every year? Why? You know, it's when, when you look at technology being so great, watching it at home. Yeah. It, it's almost like going to the game, you lose something. Trent, the, shout, the tech is yes. Something. Shout out to the people that have a meta quest. I literally watched the game in VR the other day like mm-hmm. a while back, maybe a couple months ago. And it was the craziest experience because I'm watching it first person. Like I'm watching it in my eyes. And so, you know, I'm at home and it's like, I'm on the court. But it raises, it raises real questions uh, about who really matters. Right. Are the fans in the seats, the ones that matter? Are the fans at home, the one that matters? Do the fans matter at all? They've got their television deal. It doesn't matter who's watching. We have our TV money. Uh, you know, I would rather see that stadium full sellout every night. Yeah. yeah. Keep the ticket prices super low. Yeah. Get the butts in the seats. I think Make season tickets reasonable so that we can get people who can guarantee, yes, I'll be there for, 81, for 41 games this season. Yeah. I think it goes franchise to franchise. Like every franchise has like their own like – you know, priorities definition yeah like priority wonder what Sacktown. town wonder what they'd be thinking their <laughs> <laughs> their slogan is they're just trying their best yeah they're just let's just keep we're, it afloat free popcorn like, sacramento yeah. we're we're working on it yeah like, like, yeah. like no no one's asked us to relocate in about a few years so we're doing well <laughs> yeah now i gotta say one one team i think that would consider relocation brooklyn which sounds crazy but like mm. You know, give it some time. Like, you know, we'll see when the next expansion stuff starts coming around. Um, and they, if they can't get no stars and things are kind of looking shaky, I mean, shoot, there's a chance. If they were going to relocate San Antonio, you know, there's a possibility for any, any well, franchise. Barclays has actually got a very good uh, track record, too, of bringing in uh, other, other, events. Tra- other events and attractions, you know, yeah. because like Madison Square Garden is not big enough to host like, the the big wrestling events like SummerSlam yeah. and all yeah, that yeah. and stuff like that. So, and I know I believe UFC. So like Barclays has now officially become like if you want to hold an event in New York, 
or concert or something we're gonna hold it at barclays and not madison square garden so they could probably do without the nba team i guess but i'm sure the nba team is the primary reason why it's there uh yeah you know vegas and seattle i i heard that it was just going to be expansion but if it is a relocation (laughs) yeah i'm surprised i'm surprised oklahoma i'm surprised oklahoma city still has a team (laughs) bro i mean because they got like trent said they got diehard fans and like that keeps them that keeps them alive like uh Kansas City should have a team. Those football stadiums are packed. I'm yeah. talking like slam. Even their soccer team, their MLS joint, slam. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I don't even, we're getting into expansion talk, but, you know, right. like at one point, the Phoenix Suns were talking about moving to Vegas because they couldn't get people in the seats. It takes to win. You got to win. Their NHL, their NHL team in the Arizona Phoenix area is struggling right now. Are the Coyotes, are the Coyotes? Yeah, they yeah. could. They 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 were behind on rent or something like that. And Goodness like, I'm surprised bro. they haven't relocated. They were supposed to re- relocate like a decade ago. And wow. they're, still, they're playing. They're they they have to switch between arenas. They're gonna I think have to play in the Arizona State. Uh, hockey arena or something like that and Arizona wow. State said they can't take the logo off the ice so they're going to legit play with the Arizona State logo on their ice nah man just cut it out just like defunct yeah. it or something yeah there's no point <laughs> <laughs> there's no, yeah, there's no, just, just buy him right yeah if you're having like the little sun devil shit on your shit yeah nah just cook, cook it already yeah. uh, do you guys have any more thoughts on the Clippers before we wrap this up Excited for the season. I'll be at Summer League. For those listening, I'll be there literally like starting Wednesday. So from Wednesday to Tuesday, come say hi. I'll be there all week. Nice. Damn. That, oh, Summer League has already started. Yeah, I know. California yeah. Summer League started. Yeah. Utah. Yeah. Is it Utah has the other Summer League? Utah. At, at, Utah yeah, yeah, and then the Vegas one. The, the real one is in Vegas. The real yeah. one's in Vegas, right? The one that we go to. Yeah. Yes. I will not be at Summer League. Sorry. I was originally planning on going. I was going to sneak in in uh, Jake's uh, carry-on luggage. But uh, it turns out I, I just 250 pounds. I'm too much for him to carry around. Uh, I'm totally excited for next season, of mm-hmm. course. I'm The NBA is just a land of confusion and weirdness and silliness and sometimes outright stupidity. Looking at you, Kyrie. It's the best off season in sports. It is the best off season in yes, sports. In the, sure. in the first twenty four hours of it, you know, once the once the green flag is waved, mm-hmm. all hell breaks loose. Yeah, and DeAndre Jordan is the first signing announced, and you just go, <laughs> "Huh? What? What is yeah. happening? Was there a time warp? Is it twenty sixteen? I don't right. understand. Uh, this has been a crazy off season for, like. 2019s and then there's the clippers who are a part of every rumor but apparently not actually doing any of that stuff it seems like all these other teams are are just using the clippers name as a possibility Mm -hmm. and yet our front office who doesn't leak actually what did lawrence frank say we want to bring back as much of this team as we can it brought back 13 guys that's really good love it and then they added John Wall, and we still have one roster spot to go. They did exactly what they're gonna, what they said they were gonna do. I don't expect a big move. I just don't. I think they're gonna try that thing that I threw out there. We're gonna rest a lot of guys full nights. 
and we're gonna limit minutes on other nights and we're gonna ultimate load manage. And we think we can still win a ton of games doing this, get to the finish line, top three C and healthy. Narrator, there was a big move next week. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and they traded six players. Now, why would the Clippers do that? <laughs> Your uh, Wendy is really good. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I've, I've, been, I, I've been working on it since the first uh, five minutes of this podcast. Uh, all right. Uh, that's that's the LA Clips Forum. I appreciate everybody listening. You could be doing anything with your time, but you're staying with us. We appreciate that. I also appreciate the people who listen to the jingle and stay for the pod. You can find our podcast wherever you find your podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter at LA Clips Forum. And Jake, you have a drop coming up. And I heard it's Lob City related. Yeah, the 15th Lob City, Lob, sorry, Lob City related. This is for all those fans that have been through major pain and just like <laughs> just hurt and, you know, all the Clipper fandom stuff. Yeah, this is for you. Is the picture on the Lob City shirt of Chris Paul yelling at DeAndre Jordan for dropping the ball? She might be close. Okay, <laughs> it might be close. It, it, and Might another and another one's Blake Griffin dribbling off his thigh in the final minute. Might of the game. be close. Blake Griffin in the cast because he broke his hand hitting a chair or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. God. Uh, function. Trent, the United States is going through a tough time, especially on this Fourth of July weekend. The whole world and, is going through a tough time, brother. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're doing the Lord's work with your podcast. Talk about Thank it. Thank you. Thank you. Trent Takes On is available wherever you get your podcasts. It's me talking about uh, super heavy, important stuff. And every once in a while, I jump out and just try to do something totally out of the box and fun. But mainly I talk about, you know, world crises, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) governmental mishaps. And uh, anyway, the idea was I was going to leave a pod behind for my kids so that they could know what their dad was like, because I'm an old dad. And there's going to be a point where, you know, the heart attack finally takes me. Oh, no, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, I'm coming. Uh, that's a Sanford and Son reference <laughs> that tells you how old I am. <laughs> so, Trent Takes On is out there for everybody to get a hold of because we need sanity and we need clear thought, and that's what I try to do. And, it, like I keep saying, it's not basketball related, but there's more to life than basketball, absolutely. Uh, and thank you, Trent, for our outro. I don't think I thanked you last week on the episode. So, oh, that's okay. No, but I want to make sure that people know that's you. I don't want I'm people st- to think that the Brian or Jesse get a sexier voice or the answer. <laughs> no, I want people to know it's you. I'm stunned you still use it. And what's weird is your jing- your opening theme is so good. <laughs> Appreciate it's it. It's so good. Perfect. Best opening jingle in Clippers Pod by far. I love it. It's the best. Uh, and then I just thought you guys needed a little outro too. So yeah, I put that appreciate together. It. For you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And on that note, we're out. Peace. Adios. Thank you for joining Brian Andrew and Jesse Sandoval for this episode of LA Clips Forum. For all the over and backs, loose balls, clear paths, and tip ins. Catch LA Clips Forum every week. The podcast for fans, by fans. Clipper Nation, we'll catch you on the rebound. Oh, yeah.